Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at vlcm.com. All right, welcome to the Cyber 24 podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping business and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organizations and to keep your organization safe. My name is Marty Carpenter of 249. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, government relations. Today, we're talking about safety for payment platforms with Josh Shaul. He's the CEO of a company called Allure Security. He's also the author of a book called Practical Oracle Security. In our conversation, we're going to cover how online payment platforms can protect themselves from brand impersonation and spoofing, how AI can prevent account takeover attacks. We're going to talk about brand protection tactics every customer should consider and how retail brands can leverage technology and get ahead of the curve to protect their brand reputation. Here we are with Josh Shaul. Hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, Josh, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. I I wonder if First off, you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your professional background, and a little bit about your company, Allure Security. Yeah, thanks, Marty, for having me. So uh, I've been in the cybersecurity industry since I was like a youngster messing around in my parents' basement, you know, as a teenager trying to poke around war dialing uh, back in those days. And I've just I've just never been able to sort of think around anything but computer security issues. You know, how can I get into this? How can I break that defense? How can I uh, how can I get past that security? It's just always um, sort of always enthralled me. So when I had the opportunity to like get a real job, I got a real job in the cybersecurity industry, and I've been doing it for almost thirty years now in uh, in various different roles, starting from being a a developer working on crypto systems that uh, ended up being used in all different places, to now um, leading a company that's focused on online brand protection. And what do you mean? Give us some uh, detail on online brand protection. That's just making sure no one comes in and wrecks your brand because they've hacked into you or what can you give us a little more detail there? Yeah. What the heck does that even mean? Right. (laughs) Uh, I I had spent a lot, a lot of time working web security. So I about 20 years doing helping companies to protect their websites and their web presence from sort of myriad of attacks that are out there, whether it's somebody trying to pop your customer database or get in your payment flow and steal credit card data or you know, folks trying to knock your site offline, and I'd been I'd been doing all that stuff for quite some time, and and I saw the market started to shift. Organizations started to bring their security and fraud teams together to work in one room, the the cybersecurity fraud fusion center, and as that happened, there started to be demand from security vendors to help with fraud. Well, I got involved there. Uh, helping companies to prevent bot attacks against their sites. So being able to detect, is this a human or is this a bot that's trying to log into your site? And that was important because a lot of bots would come password guessing and eventually log into accounts. Um, And I just saw this huge opportunity there that, uh, well, fighting these bots and and did that for a few few years working at Akamai, uh, fought the bots. But what would happen when you fought bots that were doing password guessing is, well, if you had great tech, and Akamai sure did there, eventually you'd win. Like you beat the bots and the mm-hmm. bots would go away. 
But the fraudsters wouldn't go away. They would just change their tactics and they would start directly targeting an organization's customers. You know, we've all seen the sort of phishing emails and text messages and gotten the phone calls. It's the oldest problem on the Internet. But it's really exploded over the last couple of years as this infrastructure got built up for for fraudsters to go out and pump dollars out of businesses by stealing accounts. Well, and now what they're doing is basically putting up fake websites, fake social media pla- uh, profiles, fake mobile apps, all pretending to be these well-known and trusted businesses, all in an effort to get you know consumer victims, folks like you and me, to give up our data and, and, and have it stolen. And so this online brand protection concept is really about helping organizations to, to, to avoid scamming their own customers. Um, and you know, and I know it doesn't really feel that way that, hey, it's not our team that's putting up these scam sites and scamming our customers, but as long as it's your logo, it's your brand, in the end, the way the victims look at it is it's you. So online brand protection is about helping companies to avoid being the scammers who are scamming their 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 customers and their partners and their employees, and at the same time, you know, protecting everybody from the the pain and 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 costs of those scams. Right. You've also written a book, Practical Oracle Security. Is that book sort of in line with the, exactly what you just kind of described, or did you have some kind of other objective in mind with the book? Oh my God, that was a hundred years ago, Marty, when uh, <laughs> when I put that thing together. Well, and you know that at that point in my career, I was really focused on database security and and how databases were getting broken into, and big big data theft was happening, like at the database level. Well, you know, that problem's not entirely solved these days, but you rarely hear of the mega data breach that got into the big database and stole all the customer data or all the secret sauce all at once. But, and and I think once that problem became well-managed, well, I found interests in other places that were not so well-managed. So, uh, you know, a real a di- different area of cybersecurity, although clearly related. All right. For, so from an ancient book to, uh, to the more uh, current stuff you do on the brand protection side, what have you learned in your career about how an- online payment platforms can protect themselves from brand impersonation and spoofing? And I guess to some extent, is it something you have to keep learning every day because it changes so quickly? Yeah, I mean, it's a chess match for sure. And you have active adversaries on the other side of the conversation that are constantly changing their tactics. But the the basics start out with the way that, that humans recognize and trust effectively brands. So when you and I are out shopping online, when we see that PayPal logo that we recognize or the iconic you know, Visa or MasterCard logos or Amex logos, you know, we all recognize that kind of stuff. And the, the challenge for payment platforms especially is a lot of their payments don't happen on their own sites and their own hosts, right? They, they, they're sort of connected to tons and tons of websites out there. And so for those payment platforms, they have a real challenge. They need to protect their own their own estate, their own sites and platforms where you go and log in and set up your accounts and things like that. But they also need to look out for effectively unauthorized use of of their branding. Um, And you see it all the time. You see scam sites set up that tell you that they're going to sell you something. Maybe it's a pair of sunglasses. Maybe it's a pair of sneakers. Maybe it's an inflatable pool floaty. But all those things, in the end, they're going to ask you to pay. And and they're going to use those identifiers, those brand identifiers that we all recognize to help add legitimacy to their scams. And in some cases, they truly are connected to the payment platforms. Like you truly are going to execute a PayPal transaction or a Visa transaction. It's just that, that they're using the, those logos to help build trust 
from the victim that this is a trusted platform. I mean, the, the Visa logo is there, the PayPal logo is there. I should probably be able to trust this. Yeah, the Apple Pay logo, right? You see that? Yeah, just Pay go logo. click on it. You don't think much about it. No, because you feel like it's there and somebody might have vetted that. But the truth is, like, there's too many shops, there's too many merchants. The vetting process is effectively impossible. Uh, and so, really, what the payment platforms uh, need to focus on beyond protecting their own sort of sites and and pages and and profiles and apps is also looking out for unauthorized use of their logos on a payment page. So when when a business isn't authorized to take credit card transactions from the major credit card vendors, those credit card vendors, in my view, have a responsibility to their customers to actively identify every spot on the internet, regardless of how big and complex and hard of a problem that is, where somebody's got that that logo on their on their site where they're not authorized to take those transactions, where they're not proven that they're a merchant that 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 can be trustworthy and is going to transact. And you know, it's a it's a challenge for those payment processors, but thank goodness they've got so much money and they're able to handle these kinds of challenges. Yeah. You mentioned uh make I'm I'm sure a really valid point that there's just too many of them to have them all vetted appropriately. Um, thinking of like, you know, can you put a team on that? Can you put a person on that? But how can AI help prevent account takeover attacks? Is that something that's a, a growing part of this? It really is. I mean, in the end, the reason why the scams go up is generally to take over accounts. And whether that's, you know, your username and password taken over your account or your credit card details taken over that account, but that's really what the scammers are chasing after. That's how they get their money in the end. Uh, and preventing a victim from plugging in that data to a scam site is, I think, the most powerful and effective way you can you can prevent fraud, right? If the If the fraudsters never get their hands on the key information they need to commit fraud, it's really hard for them to commit fraud. So sort of getting upstream is really important. But the the nature of this problem is, you know, you want a human analyst, you want a person to be looking at every page on the internet, I guess, to see if that page looks like a scam. The problem is there's four point something billion pages on the internet. So even if you get yourself a hundred thousand, a team of a hundred thousand people, you know, which is obviously ridiculous, you're not going to get to that problem. Right. And so AI today i think is is evolved to the point where you really can sort of build that team of analysts but do it in software mm-hmm. and when you think about how a human approaches this problem it's like hey i'm going to look at this page i'm going to recognize the images i'm going to read some of the text i'm going to recognize you know things like marketing terms taglines product names and you put all that together in your own head and you're like hey i recognize this thing i've seen this uh, pepsi cola before uh, you could teach software to do the same thing Image processing, natural language processing technologies have evolved to the point that software can pretty much operate autonomously once it's been trained in identifying certain things. Like we all trust facial recognition to find terrorists at the Super Bowl. It's really no different to use image processing and image recognition technology to find branding all over the Internet. And, you know, that's a, that's a really key technique that organizations need to be deploying today. The demand has never been greater for business owners and IT professionals to invest in intelligent security camera systems. At the intersection of physical security and cybersecurity, an increasing number of organizations struggle to take a proactive approach to surveillance. 
Verkata's all-in-one physical security platform makes this decision easy with features like plug-and-play installation, centralized management, secure remote access to cameras, and smart features and alerts. Smarter security starts with Verkata. Learn more at vlcmtech.com slash Verkata. That's vlcmtech.com slash V-E-R-K-A-D-A. If you're looking for protection from uncontrolled access, Salto can deliver the perfect solution, tailored to your exact requirements to provide you with all the security convenience and control you need. With Salto, you install access control in a wire-free environment, so there's no need to hardwire the building. Because Salto works on a virtual network, you can enroll or replace a lost key within seconds, making reprogramming and rekeying a problem of the past. See how Salto can make your access control and building security simpler and safer at vlcmtech.com slash Salto. That's vlcmtech.com slash S-A-L-T-O. So what, what brand protection tactics should a business consider? Two primary areas that businesses need to think about. The first area is detection. You need to be able to find when somebody's impersonating your brand online and find that before you have customers calling into you and telling you that they've been victimized by these, these spots. If customers are calling you telling you they've been victimized, it's too late to have a security response. At this point, you're just having sort of a marketing cleanup response. So detection is key. Getting out ahead of, of the victims being victimized is really important. And there's time. There's, on average, just under two hours from a scammer kind of beginning the process of setting up one of these sites to the first victim giving in their data. And if you can operate in those first two hours to find these sites, you're, you're at a big advantage. The second piece is, is response. So once we've detected something and you know you've got an impersonation, a scam that's been set up, you need a way to respond to that and respond fast enough that you can still, you can really prevent the majority, if not all the victims from coming through. And there's a couple of different techniques that businesses should use. The internet wants to help prevent scams. So when I say the internet, I mean the browser manufacturers, the operating system vendors, the antivirus vendors, the security vendors that are out there. So getting the word out about a scam to folks like Google, Microsoft, Apple, Symantec, McAfee, uh, so on and so forth, makes a really big difference if you can do that within a few seconds of finding one of these scams, because those organizations may take action on your behalf to block these sites in the browsers around the world. Organizations need to also know how to respond to these things in terms of a takedown. Like, how do you actually file the requests and follow up on the requests to get sites that are impersonating you or pages or apps uh, permanently removed? And you know, organizations need to just build up that skill set. You can spend some time researching it. There's good documentation from ICANN on how some of those processes work, and a bunch of law firms have written some pretty good, pretty good stuff that you can go and get your hands on. Mm-hmm. And then it's about just having a strategy for okay, these scams are probably going to happen. Your your response is probably not going to be perfect. So what do you do in the circumstance where your response is not perfect? Do you have a way of figuring out which customers might have been victimized? Do you have a way of, of, of making it so that any victim data that was handed off can be rendered unusable? 
there's there's a number of things that organizations can be thinking about there in terms of what if the scam happens? What if I can't get ahead of it? You know, what if I do have a bunch of victims? Is there a way for me to limit the damage? Or am I, you know, the, the old problem was always I couldn't tell which data was accessed. So I had to assume it was all, which is terrifying, especially when you know with a scam like like we're talking about, all of your customers aren't going to be caught up in it. There's no chance. But if you have no visibility whatsoever into what's going on there, you're sort of forced to presume that they might have been. Yeah. It's kind of like looking at a uh, a tumor or the way they treat cancer, right? Like you, if you knew exactly where to stop cutting, so you got all the cancerous cells, you wouldn't have to keep looking, but you don't know where they are. So you have to keep cutting until you've figured out for sure that you've gotten to that point. Indeed. Um, you mentioned detection as a, a key in this for companies, uh, you know, trying to protect their brand. Uh, are, are there ways that retail brands can leverage technology to get ahead of the curve to protect their brand reputation? No question. Well, there's technology that's been evolving in the market over the last uh, two or three years that's much more powerful than what organizations could do in the past. In the past, organizations would dedicate some resources to doing things like, hey, I'm going to run a Google search once a week or once a month to see if I can pop up a, a website that's impersonating my brand. Well, you know, that's obviously not a proactive approach that, you know, lucky if you catch something within the first week. Uh, but there are vendors out there that are that are that are getting much better at this. Well, the the one piece of advice I'd give folks out there is there's a big difference from what's been called domain monitoring or typo squad or cyber squad detection for a long time and brand protection, online brand protection. That that domain monitoring or typo squat detection is important. You know, somebody can set up a, a site, a domain with a name that's just like yours, almost exactly the same. Um, and they can trick people into visiting that domain and to thinking they're that they're on your own site. And it's really important to, you know, be on top of that, and make sure that doesn't happen. But today, only about 20 or 30% of these impersonation attacks use that kind of typo squad or cyber squatting domain. The vast majority of them end up on some like random looking named domain. And you'd think that wouldn't work, but it works great. Uh, scammers have no problem getting folks to go to Josh's ice cream shop.xyz and plug in their banking credentials, mostly because they're not looking at, at the final URL. And that final URL is not what they got in the text message or email. They got some kind of URL shortening URL or something's going to redirect them. So the, the, the problem is bigger um, than these sort of old school typo squad approaches. And, and I want organizations to understand that if that's the scope of their defense of, hey, we're going to find get a list of any site that pops up with a name that's similar to ours, your defense is not going to catch the majority of the scams that are out there. You, you need a broader approach. And and there are vendors, Allure Security and others, that are that are really given a lot more visibility than folks have been able to get in the past. So as uh, we wrap up, if you could leave one key piece of advice or one most important takeaway for our audience today, what's the message you would want to leave them with? So I think the most important thing is, and it's kind of silly, Marty, but a lot of organizations haven't done the basic diligence of owning their own copyrights and trademarks and their own presence online, especially on social. So if you're a business that you're not sure that you own your own logo, you're not sure that you've copyrighted the content on your site, you're not sure that you've set up Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, et cetera, accounts for your business, somebody else is going to take that. Somebody else is going to take that initiative and they're going to set up the social media account for your business and you're going to lose ownership of it. Or they're going to realize that 
you can't enforce controls on your own trademarks or content so other people can steal your logo, put up their own version of your site, and there's almost nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. So just do the basic homework. Put yourself in a position where you can defend your business so that then you can take the next steps of getting ahead on detection and response. Yeah. Uh, Josh, if people want to know more about you or about Allure Security, where can they go find you and not get redirected to somewhere that's not you? Come visit us at AllureSecurity.com. All right. Uh, Josh, Shaul, thanks so much. Uh, We appreciate your time and your expertise, and uh, we'd love to have you back again sometime. Thanks for having me, Marty. That'll do it for this episode. I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at VLCM.com. That's VLCM.com. Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and our friends at Secuvant. A reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well. We want to hear from you in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe online.